Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of the Everyday Podcast, which is your gateway to the casual side of business. I'm your host, Matt Esposito. I'm going to let our wonderful co-host introduce himself. I'm your co-host, Andrew Sadikov, and I'm going to also introduce Ted Esposito, who is virtually with us, and he's, you know, here in this room in spirit. Via the wonders of StreamYard. Ted, welcome back to EDP. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Thanks a lot, guys. And last but not certainly least, we have a special guest today, Mr. Jeff Peterson, who Hi. is the owner and founder of Tuxedo Den. How you doing, everyone? Jeff, we're, glad excited, to be here. To, we're excited to have you on today. I'm glad to hear that. And we also have uh, another guest you can't see in the room. That uh, is Eberspotcher, who is yes. the Tux Den mascot. We'll throw a, um, a, a throw picture a for on the maybe. screen or we'll yeah, one of the videos that we take in that <laughs> way. Uh, you guys can see the the uh, famous Tuxedo mascot. Yeah, she's being very good right now and staying behind me. So, <laughs> so anyways, to the audience, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, um, where we talked, oh no, last week's episode was where we had uh, Billy and Joe on, and we talked all about sales, sales 101, tips for beginners. Um, and Joe and and Billy went over their experience as you know, being business development specialists uh, here at ED. So if if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. Um, another general podcast update. So we're actually doing our first giveaway. So we're going to be giving away two $25 gift cards. Um, we haven't decided if it's going to be like Amazon or like Visa yet. We'll get to that. Um, but we're going to include how you enter that giveaway in the bio. If you're watching YouTube, it's going to be in the bio. It'll also be on the strip description on the website. And we're going to pick the winner at the end of season one, which is like five episodes away. Yeah, it feels like right. forever, but like that's going to be like It'll come up tomorrow. Really quickly, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right, so Andrew, you want to introduce us to the topic that we're going to be discussing today a little bit, Andrew, Ted? That's right. Um, so today we're going to talk about, we named it the new normal, and it's business within COVID-19 and COVID-19's impact on the business world. Um, you know, we brought Jeff, a business owner. He's been in the industry for forever, as far as I'm concerned. Thank um, you. And he's definitely going to be able to tell you the differences between, you know, oh, his yeah. business before and after COVID and kind of some of the changes that had to be made, uh, you know, to uh, adapt accordingly. Yeah, so before we dive right in, let's give everyone a little bit of a topics breakdown here. So first, we're going to, you know, introduce Jeff. Uh, we're going to have him tell us all about Tuxedo Den um, and his, you know, career and background. Then we're going to talk about how COVID-19 has impacted the business world. Um, then we'll dive into Tuxedo Den's reopening and come back, you know, what Jeff did to, you know, alter the way his business model and how everything's run runs due to the pandemic. And then uh, we'll talk about what you should do to adjust your business model, because obviously we have everyone in here is involved in owning or just working at a small business. So we'll give you some insight on what you should do. Um, and also we're going to talk about the rest of 2020. You know, what's to come? Are things going to get way better than they are now? What are things going to look like next year? Um, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, Jeff, if you want to tell the audience, you know, all about Tuxedo Den, your background, sure. your, everything from A to Z, that way they know all that stuff. All right. Well, I started in the business many, many moons ago. Uh, I was in school for to become a pilot, an aviation engineer, in essence. And at the time, this is going back 1990, 91, uh, I was in college for a couple of years. I took up tuxedos as a part-time job just to make money on the weekends. And um, next thing I know, the airline industry completely collapses. I started thinking about my parents and what it was going to take for them to finish putting me through school when there were literally more pilots than there were planes for them to fly because two of the largest airlines at the time, Eastern and TWA and Pan Am, all three of them filed for bankruptcy as we all know today. Pan Am doesn't exist nor does Eastern Airlines. So I decided to take um, two semesters off and I said, you know what, the guy I'm working for is really cool. He offered me full-time gigs. So 
that's what I decided to do. I said, all right, well, I'll give it a whirl for a while, see how it goes. And it turns out that it ended up being a very, very positive experience. And I decided that the in-airline industry was not getting any better. And I said, the best thing for me to do is to pursue this avenue. The mm. owner of the shop eventually offered me a partial partnership in the company. And that worked out pretty well for a few years after that. Uh, unfortunately, we parted ways eventually. And I decided that, you know, starting to look for my own place or starting my own place was the next avenue. So now this is going, God, years and years later. It's uh, 1998 and I start the business. Uh, I get in, things are going great the first two years. My marketing, my, my, my pr program seemed to be working very well. I laid it down as basically all customer service. Unfortunately, we all know what happened. Today is the anniversary of it, September 11th hit. And that was my first experience of what a downturn is like. There was a mild economic slowdown for the next couple of years. People were very uncertain with what was going to go on, how things were going to keep going. And that was my first reality check of what to do when things start to slow down. Right. How do you recover from it? Mm -hmm. How do you keep your business flowing without trying to break the bank doing it? Right. Uh, especially when the bank accounts were starting to drain and not be filled up because there's a lack of, of just enthusiasm in the wedding industry. Right. Um, after a couple of years, I, I just made some adjustments and I kept learning from that. And a few years later, um, the business started to grow and I started taking it into another direction. So when I realized that business was going well enough, I decided to open up a bigger store. So I started building a new unit and we got everything done, got a new promotion together, did some Back in the day, you still did a lot of print media. So mm -hmm. we took in a lot of ads in the local newspapers and the local rags. And uh, we, lo and behold, get ready to move into the new store, February of 2008. Well, what happened by that summer? Mm -hmm. The entire right. economy collapsed. I am sitting here going, I have this big, beautiful new store. Business is through the roof. But I started to notice a small trend. There have been other dips since 2001. We're now eight years later. And I'm going, I just broke the bank to build this big, big beautiful new store. And I don't know what I'm going to do if my customers aren't going to come back. Right. Well, we noticed a couple of things that changed almost immediately. One of the big things in my business was weddings were still going on. I was booking more and more weddings. Every time I turned around, there was somebody new walking in the door. But there was mm -hmm. a difference and a change as the year progressed. My wedding numbers were up, but my volume was way down. Right. It turns out average wedding parties are about eight people. You have the groom, five or six of your buddies in it that are your groomsmen, and a couple of dads. Not, not hard to get up to eight people. But now I was noticing most of my wedding parties are one, two, maybe three people at the most, because financially people lost jobs, there were layoffs, you know, the economy was really doing poorly. And I'm glad that learning from these experiences, I think it gave me the best possible way to cope with what's right. going on right, right now, because I had at least a mild inkling of what was going to happen. Um, nobody, I think, ever expected this. I don't think there's a single person that expected this to last more than three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. We got the, the hard part over with. We can open up. We'll just be careful about it, so on. But I, I just don't think anyone anywhere ever expected the governor to keep us shut down until pretty much the end of June. Mm -hmm. So 
I think I called, you know, we obviously stopped doing any marketing and advertising. You guys were the first real marketing and advertising company and PR firm that I ever really hired that wasn't basically a couple guys in a man bun sitting in their basement working on a computer just throwing right. money at Facebook and Google ads <laughs> because anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. My big thing was I wanted to find a more comprehensive company, and you guys seemed to fit the bill. Absolutely. And fortunately, we started that program back in the early part of the year, which we all know kind of just yeah. it, it, it fizzled out because of what happened. Mm -hmm. And the big lesson and takeaway I learned from the two big downturns we already had, there was another one that I had back in 2003 with the advent of Men's Warehouse. They got into the industry and they just destroyed us. Thank God I was a strong enough company, even that young, that I was able to survive through it. And the big takeaway I learned was when everybody is cutting back, the first thing they cut back when they don't have money is they cut back on marketing and advertising. First thing I did when I knew we were going to opening back up, I called you. Mm -hmm. You were like the first call I made because I knew that my best bet is if anybody is still going to survive, meaning us in the tuxedo industry, that there's going to be a few we're going to lose. And unfortunately, there's going to be some younger shops that may not be able to survive through this because 60 something percent between 60 and 70 percent of our entire year is made during prom season. Right. Between March 1st and June 30th. Well, guess when we were all closed. Right. March, yeah. Business interruption insurance flat out didn't cover any of us. It has it specifically written in their pandemics. We were not covered. A lot of the guys that I knew said, oh, well, yeah, we thought we were going to be covered, but we weren't. So long and the short of it was, I'm glad that I knew this from Hurricane Sandy and 2008-9 that mm -hmm. business interruption insurance doesn't basically cover when you really need it. Right. Unfortunately, some of these guys relied on and I know a couple of my friends are having some difficulty and we all are. But I said, if I'm going to do this, the first thing everybody cuts back on when they don't have money is marketing and advertising. It was the first thing I spent money on because if I don't have people coming in my door, the slow trickle I have is just going to be prolonged and prolonged and it's just going to drag out and it's going to keep dragging out until the point where there's just there's there's an entropy that the business will fail. All right. And I figured the best opportunity I have to keep going and keep the flow going was get the marketing advertising flowing again, get you guys back on it, get back on Google, get back on Facebook. Uh, the entire time during the closure, thank God, I had Ted and Andrew working on our new website to get that launched. So mm -hmm. everything coalesced at the same time. And I think it worked out marvelously because right now I'm noticing a huge increase in, in business, more so than I would have normally had for a fall season. We always get a certain number for the fall. Right now, we're pretty much matched at that. Before we opened back up, I had two weddings booked. Right. And they were booked before all of this happened. Right. The other one or two that I already had in the pipeline, so to speak, they, they immediately called me and said, we're postponing till next year because we don't know what's going on. We just don't want to take the risk. And I get that. And I don't mind that people are postponing, which means more than likely I'm going to have an absolutely phenomenal year next year. But... I'm still worried about what's going to happen this year between now and that March 1st of 2021. Uh -huh. Because if most of my year is made between March 1st and June 30th, I've got to get to March 1st. Right. And that's my big fear. And I know a lot of companies that are straight up retail. <clears throat> and a lot of them always used to thrive on the Christmas holiday season. Now, we do a lot of online work. Unfortunately, Amazon was one of our biggest avenues for, for revenue. I always made sure I tried to diverse my business as best I could, but 
first thing that happened to Amazon cut any third-party vendor off. I would send my product direct to Amazon. They would take it and sell it on my behalf. Mm -hmm. And then I would get a, a check, you know, every month or whatever the dividend was. Mm -hmm. But when they cut us off because of the fear of the employees at the warehouses were, were worried because the information was so all over the place. It was a better safe than sorry attitude, which was good that they're saying we're worried that if somebody is sick that's working in a, a warehouse that's sending us product, we might get it on the box or on the product or something along those those lines. And I'm like, well, there goes about 20 percent of my revenue source. You know, I never relied on anyone in particular. My mainstay, of course, is tuxedos and rentals. But I've always tried to make sure I keep everything else in the mix. Well, everything else that I have in the mix are uniforms for hotels, restaurants. Guess what were the first things that went? Right. Hotels yeah. and restaurants. Yeah. So nobody's ordering any of my chef attire, any of my uniforms online. I had nobody coming in to pick up uniforms. And even if they needed them, they still weren't allowed to come to the store because I wasn't allowed to be open. And we just got indoor dining back, too, and that's only at 25% yeah. after. Yeah. And anybody that's going to still be working, if they were called back, they're not going to spend any money that they may have right now just to buy a new uniform right. for, you know, God knows how long right. if exactly. the, the state cuts back again. Because in three weeks, we all know it's inevitable. The numbers are going to shoot back up. But what are we going to do when that happens? Is, right. Are we going to shut back down again? Are we going to you know, carry on? We don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's, what's hurting so many businesses is the I don't know factor. Right, the unknown. And we all have to do what we need to do. But I think even if you don't have a lot, if you have a little bit of money, spend it on your marketing and advertising because a lot of people – we even have on one of our things about us opening back up, I know on the Facebook page, we had a lot of people saying, oh, you're open? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, if I can be open, I'm going to be open. It's, this is my livelihood. Right. I've done it for 27 or 28 years now. I, I'm not going to stop now right. because of a virus that we're, we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. We all will. It's, it's a terrible thing, but we've got to keep pushing forward. So if you're a small business out there right now and you're struggling – and you've got your doors open, make sure you answer those phones. Don't let it go to your voicemail. If you're leaving at night, forward the phones to your cell phone. You never know if you're leaving at 4 o'clock. Somebody might just call you at 6 or 7 right. just to see what your hours are. But if you get them on the phone, talk to them. Don't ever talk through them. Make sure you talk to them because they're still people. You're, you're still a person. Just make sure that you understand that everybody is struggling, uh -huh. that somebody may ask you for a little more of a discount because they're hurting. It's we're all going to have to take this in stride. Absolutely. It's just plain and simple. But spend a little money on marketing, even if you don't have much, just a little <laughs> bit, because it's better than nothing. Absolutely. So taking a step back for a minute. So how long have you been at the Wall Township location? Uh, <clears throat> Wall Township, we moved into right after Hurricane Sandy because okay. my big flagship store that I built. Right. Unfortunately, there was some damage to the building after the storm. And our landlords were, let's just say, not the nicest Mm -hmm. guys in the world <laughs> and they couldn't have cared less they had their own problems to deal with mm -hmm. and they didn't realize that i'm a paying customer and i need assistance right and i had no heat we couldn't function and i said you know what guys th this has gotten nuts I, I i can't take another hit like this i think it's time i talked to my staff and we had looked at actually at that point to start to expand the company right before this happened because we were on target to have our banner yeah. year. Mm -hmm. And our numbers were through the roof that season, and um, we were doing great. Next thing I know, 
you know, the landlords start doing some minor renovations in the plaza and our business started to really drop down and we started running into problems because of the renovation. It looked like our whole entire center was closed. I had wedding parties that were basically, I'd call them up. I'm like, we need to get the guys in for their measurements because the wedding's in three weeks. Oh, we thought you were closed, so we went somewhere else. Oh, great. And then Hurricane Sandy comes and we have damage to the property and we can't get anything fixed. And they're telling us, you know, call FEMA. I'm like, call FEMA? Are you nuts? Like, call your insurance company, get the guys out here to fix the HVAC and fix the roof. Mm -hmm. So my lease was up in April of that year. And I said, you know what, guys, I'm just going to find a new place. Turns out the unit that we're in now, I already had a lease on my desk because I was looking to expand and I was going to use it as my warehouse. And I said, you know what? The rent's cheaper than what I'm paying now. My lease is up in April. I'm already paid up to the end of the lease. So I had a meeting with my staff. We all agreed. The very next day, we just started packing up the shop and moving it over. Oh, wow. And within two to three weeks, we already moved into the new location, called up the contractor. He demoed our store. And I called the landlord three months plus later to tell him I was handing in the key. I need to do a walkthrough. And they're like, why? I said, because we're leaving. Oh, you didn't re-sign the lease? No. Did you did you not notice this? Have you not noticed that we have not been in the plaza for three months? This store has been vacant. But I saw the light was on. The sign was on when I drove by. So you drove by. You have no idea how much of a mess the plaza is. That's you crazy. didn't know I left. Yes, I left the power on because I had signs <clears throat> in the window, big posters that said, we've moved with directions. <laughs> <laughs> how could you not know? Because you obviously didn't care. Right. Right. And it was kind of comical because they were really pissed. They sent the superintendent down. He was actually a cool guy. We did a walkthrough. We opened the door. and went, oh, crap, you really cleared this place out. I said, well, yeah, isn't that the part of the contract? I have to leave a swept unit when, mm-hmm. when I'm done. He's like, yeah, we were kind of hoping you were going to leave it so we could have re-rented it to someone else. I'm like, no, you think I'm going to leave a store that cost me nearly $100,000 to build for you to use for wow. someone else? Yeah. No. And what made it? Worse is I just paid off the building note the month before. Wow. That, That's that crazy. killed me that I just paid off the building note and they tore it apart. Right. Wow. That burned my buttons. Yeah. <laughs> and just for those of you that don't know, we've been with Tuxedo's Den. What, we met you last December? Last December, yep. Okay. Mid-December, I think, is yeah. when I, I reached out or a little before. Yeah, and we met you through the Barter Saves Network, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So and we're going to have them on an upcoming episode, too. You guys will meet George right. Renee. Um so that'll be a good time, too. Um, so I guess moving on, Ted, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about how COVID has impacted the business world, not just, you know, marketing agencies and, and formal wear shops. But if you just want to talk a little bit about in general how it's affected the business world as a whole. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, COVID has affected all of us in one way or another in our personal and business lives. Definitely. But um, in the digital world and in, in the web world, I think everyone has taken a little bit of hit. Um, and it does affect different industries differently. So obviously, you know, Amazon has boomed. Um, other e-commerce giants have boomed. Shopify has boomed because everybody, all the customers are all moving um, to the on- to online space. So they're going to go to what they're familiar with. So that becomes a new challenge for small e-commerce mom and pop shops that maybe were around or weren't around before COVID. Um, they have a new challenge to get new clients and retain their existing clients. So I think in the web world, uh, one of the things that every company should have 
um, including Tuxton and other uh, brick and mortar stores, um, is some COVID-19 notification or guidance on how it it's affecting the business and how things could change due to different new practices because of COVID. So I've seen on a lot of websites, um, you know, when you when you get to the website, like Jeff was saying, a lot of his customers didn't even know that they were still open. Mm -hmm. So something that could solve this is just putting a notification on the front page, perhaps a banner across the top or maybe a not so intrusive pop up um, just to let customers know that, yes, you are still open. Uh, here are your new hours. Here how, here's how you're now accessible. Um, and then also let them know some of the things that you've done to um, improve and take care of business in the COVID atmosphere. Things like you now wear face masks um, on in-person uh, meetings or um, you know appointments. Um, perhaps you leave a bottle of um, antibacterial at your front door when they enter the store. So you just want to let your customers know that uh, that you are taking action and you are kind of uh, morphing and evolving with this new environment. Um, so, you know, just different things. Everything's affected differently. And I know, Jeff, you were saying that, you know, you've had this kind of downtime because of COVID, but you've seen kind of an, a new small explosion or spike in new business since things have kind of eased a little bit. Um, and I think that uh, that goes tr that's true for a lot of things. So when you look at all the, taking the stock, the stock market, for example, you look at all the crashes in the past, um, sooner or later, you know, the bull market comes roaring back and those little dips are way outpaced by the new bull market. And I think that happens with every industry. Um, so it's I'm, I'm happy to hear that Jeff has seen a new small uptick in, in new business because yes, although we all took a small dip, a small hit, I'm hoping that it's just it's just small and temporary before the business comes roaring back. So I know Jeff probably has a queue of customers that are waiting for these new events to start taking place in the spring and next summer. And it, it might be tight right now, but if you can get through the slow season, I think that it'll be worth the wait when those customers come roaring back to to Tuxton to uh, to get those 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 suits and and um, different formal wear. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that you know weddings and events did not entirely stop for COVID. Um, everything is everything is taking place remotely now and and digitally online. I mean, obviously, Zoom and different um, webinar and digital meeting uh, apps have exploded, but I personally have two or three friends in my personal network that have gotten married in this time. <laughs> and they've had the ceremony uh, with just the two of them, a witness and a priest or what have you, and have invited their friends and family to attend digitally. Um, so, and, you know, they were dressed in suits and formal wear. So, you know, the need is still there. I think we all know that, um, that the need is still there. In fact, the need is, has probably increased, but I think if we just take it slow and, and we're patient, uh, we get through this lull and the business will become roaring back. No, absolutely. And that's something we've discussed with uh, with Jeff before, because, you know, as, as Jeff also stated previously, that some of the other tuxedo shops are going to close. So that leaves room for him to step right in, you know, and, and 
and essentially take their business, you know? And obviously different different markets. Well, I would much prefer to say just pick up the slack. Pick up the slack. I, yeah, feel, yeah. I feel really a bad nice if any time. one of them go out because no, absolutely. Of there, are very, there are so few of us actually left mm-hmm. because of the men's warehouses and Jose Banks of the world, and now they're filing for bankruptcy, closing something like 500 of their stores nationwide and reducing their staff by like 20% that it's going to be even a larger boon for the few of us that are still left. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping not too many of us leave. But even what Ted was saying about having friends that are still getting married, one of the big advantages to what I've been doing now for, God, seven, eight years is I've taken very much so advantage of the sources and resources that are available to me. And as an example, um, I was still producing tuxedo rentals for some of my wedding parties because, as Ted was saying, my wedding day was already planned a year ago. I may not have the big reception. I may have it at my house or at my parents' backyard and end up with a pool party by the time it's done. But I still want to have my wedding day on the date that I had already picked a year ago. And I still worked. I still went in almost every other day or every day. The phones were still forwarded. And I would get the occasional call. Hey, Jeff, this is, you know, Jim Smith. And I know my wedding, things are messed up, but is it possible for me to still get a rental for my wedding in, you know, June 1st? Well, the nice thing about me is because I do remote shipping. Right. I already had his measurements on file from when he was in the first time. So it was just a matter of me going in, remotely logging in and setting up his rental to go out. And he got it shipped direct to him. And then when his wedding was over, he shipped it right back to the plant. I never even saw him. Right. And it was great because they were still able to have their wedding on their wedding day without it being this big thing with them having to try to sneak into my store and get Mm -hmm. a rental, you know, and it's sad. But, you know, there are many and we all know the wedding is more for the bride than it is for the groom. And, Mm -hmm. And for most most women the wedding is a very special day for them. And when you have their wedding day set up, that bride will forever have that day stuck in her head for the Mm -hmm. rest of her life. And for someone to tell her, oh, you can't have your wedding today. You're going to have to wait till next year. Yeah. They're going to find a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, absolutely. All right. So why don't we talk a little bit about Jeff, you know, when you started realizing that, you know, the reopening was, 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 you know, around the corner, what, you said, you know, your initial thoughts was, of course, give us a call and restart marketing. But what were some of the things going through your head, um, you know, when you realized that, you know, reopening was around the corner? Well, some of the first things that went through my head was, how am I going to do this? <clears throat> Especially with the new mandates, the social distancing. Because when I get a wedding in, it's usually just a bride and a groom. And that's fine. It's two people. I've got a store that's 2,400 square feet. I think we can social distance. There's tons of room. But what happens when they come in with a group of 10 or 12 people that they need to get all their measurements done? Okay, it's still the family. It's a group. But the biggest problem I had was we were not getting enough clear information from the state and the guidelines on what to do. And I was listening to the news and I was trying to listen like NJ1015 because I know they usually had the governor on with his briefings and everything else. And it was like the governor would say one thing, but then they would come out of a news report saying that, oh, we're going to give you a list of everything. And you read it, and it's different than what he was saying. And I was concerned, like, okay, well, if I'm only allowed 25%, but no more than 10 and the rules were just very hard to follow along because I was such a small business, I couldn't quite correlate that into telling a wedding party, okay, we'll do it this way. 
So I just made a few decisions. I said, all right, I'm going to call it. We'll do no more than groups of five at a time. If I have to stay in later, do more appointments throughout the day, that's what I'll do until we can get this all sorted out. And one of the first things I ran into was groom calls me up. Their, their weddings are still in the queue. Any wedding that was going on for September, October, most of these weddings would have booked with me by May at the latest, usually April, May. So they've been waiting, waiting for the, the gates to open to allow them to run and, and finalize stuff because they waited till, the, till they couldn't wait any longer. And they're like, we need to get this booked. So instead of me having just a bride and groom come in, pick some things out, do a fitting, I was getting hit with the bridegroom, their friends, family, and 20 guys. Right. And I was like, okay, I can do this, but it was just too much all at once. And we've learned to adjust and adapt. And getting this whole thing started, it was more difficult just to figure out how am I going to do this under the confines of what the parameters are the state is telling us to do, mm -hmm. which is safe for myself and for my clients and I wanted everybody to feel comfortable and that's my main thing I love the fact people come in say wow it's very nice in here it's very comfortable you know it's very relaxing and that's the atmosphere I want to portray I don't want people coming in scared to death just to be within six feet of you absolutely and it's kind of hard because I have to do a lot of talking <laughs> I have a lot of explaining to do I have a lot of things to go over with my customers and with me, it's a little harder with the mask um, as I have really bad asthma. And I try my best, but there are times that I have to stop. I have to pause. I you know, walk to the back, take the mask off for a minute, you know, take a grab of an inhaler or something. And thankfully, most of my clients are very understanding. And they're okay if I take it off and I stay a few more feet away from them uh, because it makes it a little bit easier for me to get through the speech that I need to get through because there's a lot of information. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, but that's what I did. Yeah. So I guess um, moving on to some of the adjustments, you know, that you made during reopening. I know, um, you know, you, you, you spaced things out a little bit in the showroom a little bit more. But what were some of the other things that you did? I know you, you also used your free time very wisely, obviously, you know, focusing on marketing like the website and getting everything up to speed. But you also added things like a, a wine bar. Stuff oh, like yeah. That. I, uh, I, right. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. <laughs> right before all this happened, I decided to do some renovations in the shop. And what I had done was I started taking down some old rack systems that I had. I donated a lot of the product uh, to Goodwill, and I started building new display walls. And, of course, when all this started to happen, pretty much everything ground to a halt. Well, in the process, I had already thought to myself, hey, you know, a wine bar would be kind of nice in here. So I would already started building the thing at my house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how am I going to do this mm -hmm. and get it to mount to the wall? Well, guess what? I ended up with three months of free time on my hands. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, let me slap this thing together and see what see what sticks to the wall. And it turned out pretty cool. I got a nice little, little shelf on my wall. You know, and I tell all my customers when they come in, especially on the weekends, you know, if you wish I like a glass of wine, you know, champagne. I keep some OJ in the fridge, some mm -hmm. mimosas. Uh, I think I'm going to buy myself a nice little wine fridge for under the bar now because I think it's a little nicer when people can do a little self-serve. So, right. you know. Andrew, we'll have to remember that next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always in that mini like fridge. Ted's like, yeah, I got to visit too. Yeah. Wait a second. Um, but it, have a it. Oh, yeah, we'll throw it on the, yeah. on the podcast. And yeah. the, the whole point behind it was is that um, this was also a guideline. One of my sales reps from the distributor, uh, his wife owns a gorgeous salon that does uh, gowns down in uh, Baltimore and he said 
he was telling me one time, he said, oh, yeah, the girls come in, the moms sit down while the girls are doing their gown try-ons. Moms get a glass of champagne or a glass of wine. And it's just a nice thing. It's part of the whole experience. Right. Yeah. And years ago, it was you come in, you pick out a tux, you get some measurements, and out you go. We'll see you in a couple months. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more to it than just slapping a tape measure around somebody and doing the measurements. I go above and beyond with a full fitting when they come in the store, and it's time-consuming. So why not give the bride a little lubrication and have a glass of wine and relax and, you know, maybe she'll be able to enjoy <laughs> the process a right, little bit more exactly. than just, just sitting there uptight about, you know, what's he wearing, how's it going to look. Take your time with this. Right. This is your wedding day. I want to make sure that what you're picking out is right. going to be right for you guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it helps, you know, break the ice a little bit by popping a cork, Absolutely. And Absolutely. Maybe, maybe that makes your job a little bit easier, too, if they oh, have a couple of them. It or? does. <laughs> I will admit, it does make the job a little bit easier, and people get a little bit more relaxed when they do. So exactly. uh, that's the whole point behind it. Yeah. So the next thing I guess we'll talk about is, you know, for businesses of all shapes and sizes, that there's resources out there for you if you haven't already applied. Um, and I know I went over with over this with Jeff, too. There's just there's multiple organizations, both public and private, that you can apply for grants and loans for. So there is assistance out there if you need it. And, you know, me personally, and I know Jeff, too, we, we had discussed it multiple times. We were just trying to apply for everything that we could, you know, any, anything that's out there because every little bit helps. Oh, yes. So, you know. Make sure you you research you know you research those resources and use those accurately you know use your time wisely don't you know like Jeff Jeff was you know doing construction work on the showroom and stuff like that he very well could have been just sitting on his his butt at home and not focusing on these things and not building the website but he chose to do that and that's the difference between surviving and ultimately you know going out of business you know you have to especially during times like these you have to make sure you, you do what you need to you, you right, have to exactly. be hungry enough to you, you can't just sit and wait for the business to walk in your door mm -hmm. you have to be actively doing something to pursue it to bring it in and you know before you guys the only way i actually had a direct outlet to brides and grooms were bridal shows mm -hmm. but over the past eight to ten years with the advent of the internet um bridal shows aren't quite what they used to be mm -hmm. and the biggest thing that I've noticed over the past couple of years, I truly enjoy doing them. It's the only time I really get to be in front of brides and grooms. I get to talk about what I can do, how I can do it, show them some of the product. I always schlep a few mannequins with me. Mm -hmm. It's a pain in the butt to get them in out of the car, but it's worth it when I can set a nice display up at a show. Absolutely. And the biggest thing I always get is I'm doing this because I'm trying to actively bring more clients into my business. That's the same thing I do when I call you guys. This is what I want to try to do. I'm trying to make sure I build relationships with other businesses and keep them coming in the door. But the biggest thing that I've noticed as of probably about a year or two ago when I started doing shows again, there were times I actually physically literally heard someone just off to the side whisper loud enough where I could hear it. They were just talking to mom or something. Mm -hmm. Wow, look, another tuxedo shot. Like... I'm the elusive unicorn. Right. Like, yeah, we exist. We, there, you know, there, there are, we are out here. Please come in. You right. know, at least give me the opportunity because everybody just gets bombarded from the big chain companies with emails and, and advertising and marketing to the point where they're just over there. Okay, oh, we'll go there. Mm -hmm. But I've always told my brides and grooms, when I go to a bridal show, I give them information that I know these are the positives of what I can do. And if you're a small business and you're out there, don't focus on the negatives of what other companies can't do. Focus on the positives of what you do 
that's better than everyone else. And don't say it's better than everyone else. Just this is what I do and this is how I do it. Right. Because once they leave you, they're more than likely going to go somewhere else and shop around. Having a customer shop around is the best thing you can do because if you plant in their head what you will do, which is so fantastic, and they go to another shop and they're like, oh, well, can we, uh, in my case, can we try on the tuxedo? No. Well, oh, okay. Well, we like this one. Do you have one here for me to see that's in the, you know, I can see in the book? No. Well, can you order one for me to see? No. And you're like, okay, now I know what to say right. to my clients because when they walk into one of these big chain companies, they're not going to offer them all these services. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not going to offer them like, well, can you ship it to our house? No. It, they're going to get a no where I say yes. Mm -hmm. And... It's focus on the positives, not on the negatives. And that was something that someone taught me many, many years ago. It's truth is reality. And if you can, don't, don't try to lie through something. If you don't know an answer to a question, don't ever flub it. Don't say what if, well, possibly. Give them a yes or a no. If you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know, but I can find out. Absolutely. And exactly. without having that direct correlation with a customer trying to get them in the door, if you're not actively trying to get them in, you can't just wait for somebody to walk in off the street. And don't expect it to happen either. Right. Correct. And here's the other thing is that there's going to be customers, and I'm going to use myself as an example, that are specifically looking for your business uh, that can't find it. And it was funny enough, I had a situation probably about three years ago when I was in high school. Um, there, was just, there were these two girls I was going to prom with. And for one thing, their prom dates were incredibly close together. Two? Yeah, there were two different okay. proms. It was one. More, it was two different proms. Two different uh, girls that I was uh, friends uh, with. Okay. And um, one one of them I, I liked very much. I really much liked this girl. And the other one we were just really great friends. And I was I was dead set. I was like, I want to look good at this prom, right? I want to get a great tux. I'm not gonna go for the cheapest, most ridiculous option. That uh, nowadays it's like, oh, twelve dollar tux rental or whatever the heck. So it's some just stupid number that makes no sense that everybody likes to advertise. Then it's the shoes, socks, you know, cufflinks. Everything becomes extra, and it's five hundred bucks at the end of the day. I just wanted to look good, and I wanted to find a shop that would work for me. They were like three days apart. There's got to be a tuxedo shop that is not going to make me take two separate rentals when the proms are that close to you. I mean, it's $300 and $300 in three days. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and I spe specifically looked everywhere to find one that wasn't men's warehouse. <laughs> I went to them. They gave me the you know typical thing that they give everybody. I wasn't impressed with it. Um, and I couldn't find anything. And I genuinely, like, looking through Google Business on, like, tuxedo shop, tuxedo rentals, could just could not find what I was looking for. Um... And it's funny enough, once we first started working with you and I looked, I think I, it was either one of us or maybe it was through you that you'd redid the Google business. But we looked at your Google business and we were like, oh, wow, something here is not is not right, you know, um, and I'm going to attribute, you know, not being able to find you to, to that specific thing um, as far as I can remember. And it was um, it, it's just interesting to say that once you kind of start working on these things, you know, you've got a website, you've got everything set up, you've got some sort of marketing going there. Um, there are people that are looking for you. A lot of the times people think of all this marketing and sales like trick people or manipulate people into your brand. Use, you know, crazy like advanced commercials on TV that manipulate <laughs> you into liking Geico or something oh, else. Yeah. It, oftentimes it's not like that. Oftentimes it's find the people that are looking for you. You know, it's, it's make that connection. Sometimes you have to get halfway there so they can meet you the rest of the day, you know, the rest of the way. And, you know, together you can form whatever business relationship. Yeah, and I, I agree totally because the last time I even hired anything of a marketing company was one of those. They got me in on a commercial on TV, so I called them up. They were out of Texas, and again, it's like I said, 
anybody can say they do marketing. They can talk a good game. Sure, you got a budget, no problem. We'll just do some Google ads and some Facebook ads. But if you <laughs> right, don't know exactly. how to target it properly, which I knew was my problem, because you guys know more better than anyone else. It's so convoluted when you go on there with all the options that they give you. It's ridiculous. You literally need to have one person that just, that's his job is to focus on what exactly. Google does. They change their metrics all the time. They change their analytics all the time. And I've got a business to run. I, I, I can't deal with this all the time. That's why and we're I've, here, yeah. Yeah, that's why you're here. And I've always said, I'm great at what I do. I'm the best at what I do. But what I do is tuxedos, not marketing and advertising. I've right. never right. been good at that. I'm good at presenting myself. I'm very good in front of people. I like working with people. I like talking to people about my product because that's what my job is. But like you said, it's the problem of you were looking for something you couldn't find. But if you found me, I probably would have been able to get you what you needed. Oh, I'm but you couldn't it, find exactly. it. Yeah. And that's the problem. And, and I mean, at least I would have looked 10 times better. I'll start with that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I've, I don't know how many times, and I get this today. My biggest problem in my business right now is all of these uh, small companies, and there are plenty of companies in China, Malaysia, Vietnam, that do custom-tailored custom suits. And what these companies will do is they'll say, oh, custom suit. They have a great website. Some of them are absolutely amazing. And I know they weren't that hard to set up, but just the way they were done, they're uh -huh. very polished. Easy to do, oh, put in your measurements and everything else, because all they do is plug and play, put it into a program themselves, send it over to the manufacturer in China with about 300 other orders, and then they get them in in about a month, and it takes about a month to two months to get a suit in, and then you think, oh, great, I got this custom suit, but you didn't get a chance to see the fabric. Once you put it on, if it wasn't your exact measurements, right. you don't know if they're your exact measurements, because I don't know, you're not a tailor. Right. You don't know how to measure yourself. They give you guidelines. Same thing in my business. I give people guidelines. I can actually, with the guidelines that we have, you can walk yourself through how to measure yourself. And you can get pretty darn close. Right. But it's a rental. You're renting something for 200 to $250, one shot. Not buying a custom suit for $800 that they'll say, oh, it's not right, we'll fix it. Yeah, because it costs them $25 to have actually made. And they don't care if they have right, to exactly. buy another <laughs> pair of pants in. You know, it's it's and it's what's killing me is the prices of these suits are coming way down and it's making it harder for us because people want these really custom things that I can't do. Right. I'm a rental shop, but I've told many people this before. You're better off buying an inexpensive suit and having it well tailored, right. finding a tailor near you to take a $200 suit you bought off the rack at Macy's or JCPenney or wherever as long as it looks nice, you can have it tailored to fit you properly and you're going to look like a million bucks. Just buy yourself a nice $80 shirt. That's all you really need to do. It's amazing what you can do with accessorizing a cheap suit to make it look like a million bucks. Oh, absolutely. And the same thing like you were saying. You go into a big chain store. They have 15 different styles, 20 different styles to choose from, and there's 350 people going to the prom. Mm -hmm. How many of those people are going to be wearing the exact same suit? It's going, <laughs> it's going to happen no matter what, regardless. And with a smaller company like me, I deal with a bigger distributor. They have got 60, 70 different suits. Some of it's very cool. And there are guys that will come and say, I want to be the only one wearing that. Well, I'm not the only one renting this. Mm -hmm. But at least you know you're going to be one of the few. Right. You right know, exactly. Because this isn't the only option I have with something different, unique, and cool. And there's a lot of guys now that will go and buy a cool jacket and just rent the rest of the stuff. Because they want to have that unique look to them. 
and it's the same problem you ran into. They went yep. in, well, these are the ones, pick one, see in a month to pick it up. You're like, but I, I wanted something a little different. Right, I want it to look good. Can't exactly, you yeah. work with me a little bit? You know, it's like, you know, I get guys that come in, they're a little heavier. They're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, big tub. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm going to make you look like a million bucks. Because if it's fitted to you properly, you're going to look if you look like a million bucks, you know you, it fits like a million bucks. Feel like a million. You're going to feel like a million bucks. Yeah. And it shows when people exactly. go to these events. It translates into everything else for the rest of the night. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I can say I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I mean, I had one guy one time. He was a fire plug. He was short, wide. He was a size 80 jacket, which, yes, I actually have access to an 80 jacket. I tailored the bejesus out of this thing, and his daughter came back in after the wedding was over and said, the second I saw my dad walk in, I cried because he looked amazing. And this was a guy that, at best, he wears sweatpants and a sweatshirt because that's all he can find that'll fit him. And he looked great. I was even pretty impressed. I'm like, all right, I did a really good job. And he was the nicest guy in the world, and they were just so immensely grateful because I didn't have him walking out of the store with something that looked like a hefty bag with armholes. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I spent the time to do my job, which cost me nothing, to smile, be nice, and do my actual job. Because doing my job is just making sure I take the right measurements, doing the right tailoring for the alterations. All it costs me is thread in a sewing machine. Right. And that's it. Yeah. I don't know why more people don't take pride in their work to the point where you're working with somebody that they can't do this for themselves. They're relying on you, the professional, to do it. Do your job. Right. If you can't do the job, then find a new one. Right. right. And the other thing that also blows my mind is this obsession lately with just, I want it to be as cheap as possible. Right. It's like, it's the biggest thing that you see around prom season. You see all these like pop-up ads and it's yep. like $60 suit, like a hundred dollars suit, like 200 for a full set. Like, wow, that's so cheap. That's so great. For one thing, the prices just aren't that different. You know, like, like once you're done specking out that rental, that $60 suit, it's going to be what? Two, three, $400. He's ready to debunk it already. So right. No, he's <laughs> absolutely right. right. It's going to be three, $400 anyway. Yeah. Well, at maybe that not point, that much, but well, at yeah. the, and at that point, you know, Nathan, take the next step, you know, go to a shop and say, okay, well maybe I want to spend a little bit more and I want to look better, you know? And that's the first thing I said when I walked into, you know, the store that I walked into, I don't want to call anybody out for their customer yeah, service, don't, don't, but no. I was like, yeah, I want, I want to look a little bit better than this 249 dollar option that you offer and they're like that's the only thing we offer there yeah, just yeah. isn't anything else for us to give you and you can go you can go buy a custom suit for 850 bucks custom tailor made take a picture of yourself and we'll take your measurements by yeah. the picture yeah that's the thing that I, <laughs> like I was just saying I run into and you're you're 100% right years ago that's the way it was rentals 49.99 any style yeah you get a coat a pair of pants a cummerbund and a bow tie and studs and cufflinks that's it and it was the ugliest thing that the store had. Mm-hmm. And it was done that way as a loss leader promotion. We want to get you in the store because we want to basically get you in on the low price. But when you come in, you're like, well, my date dress is blue. Can I get a blue cummerbund? Do you have vests? Oh, yeah, we have vests. They're $20 more. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like those pleats in the shirt. Don't you have anything slim fit? Oh, yeah, that's $20 more. Oh, I don't like pleats on my pants. Don't you have, any, don't you have anything slim by the time you're done, you're absolutely right. They, mm. they get you in the door for the low price, but it is nothing you want. And when you go to buy a car, do you go in buying a car saying, 
oh yeah, this car is great, no problem. And then the salesman always gets you at the end, proverbially with the undercoating and everything else. But he doesn't ever say, so do you want tires with that car? Right. Right, exactly. You expect, it it doesn't have tires. I would like tires, please. Yes, tires. (laughs) Well, do you want air conditioning? Yes, I would like you to have air conditioning. Yes, that would be nice. And for the longest time, it was the worst thing in the world for me. I hated it. I always felt like the used car salesman because for the first 10 years in business, it was... Rental start at forty nine ninety nine. If you want shoes, they're X. If you want vest, it's X. Oh, and by the way, there's this thing called the damage waiver, which they always hit you for. Right. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of feeling like the used car salesman, the sleazy guy that's mm-hmm. just trying to nickel and dime some poor 17-year-old kid out of his money or his mom's money when it's just not fair. Because no matter what, they're still going to end up spending 150 or $200. So... I already know they're going to want shoes. They're going to want a vest. They're going to want they're going to want the nice stuff that they see in the books. So this is my price. It's a full package. It comes with every single thing you could possibly want. If you don't want items, I'll take them off. Right. It's easier to bring the price down than it is to go up. Right. right and exactly. that's what we were doing. We were fighting an uphill battle for 10 years. And I said, you know what? That's it. Package pricing. End of story. If, if it doesn't work for you, that's great. I perfectly understand. And... I have a little leeway in some of my pricing, but I've, I've come up with my pricing for a specific reason that no matter what you rent, I still make the same amount of money. I'm not here to break the bank, but I know I'm going to give you a fantastic product when it's done. And the bottom line is you're never going to find what I do anywhere. Right. Maybe after this is all over, more companies will start leaning more towards the ship to home kind of hybrid service where you can still go into a brick and mortar, see me, a professional that's been doing this, not a professional, I'm an expert in the business, been doing it for 28 years. So when you come in, you know that if I can't do it for you, it can't be done. Right. And if it's a matter of, I want something unique and different that I can't provide, if I can't provide it or find it, I will try to point you in the right direction. And if I can't, I wish you well. And I'm there to earn someone's business. I'm not there to beat someone over the head for it. Right. Right, Yeah, what I would give for this uh, tuxedo shop that I went to to have pointed me in the right direction towards Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is what it is. And and there's there's some shops. I uh, I, I know the shop owners down in Tom's River, out in Princeton. And there's many a time when I have a customer calls me up for something and I just know I can't do it or I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it fast enough. And I will point them down to one of my other friends that I know that they may have full inventory in-house, that they can uh-huh. do something last minute. Um, as an example, my one friend down in Tom's River at Chasmataz helped me out last minute this week. Um, I accidentally, with everything going on, I put in a wrong date for one of my repeat customers. Right. And he needed a black suit for a funeral. Well, that's one of those things you don't ever screw up. Right. Because that they got enough going on. They don't need to be worrying about whether or not their suit rental is going to come in to be at, you know, Aunt Betty's funeral. Right. So the suit wasn't going to quite make it in right before he was going to leave that I felt comfortable with. He was still going to get it. It was just I didn't want to push the timetable to the point where he wouldn't at least have the opportunity to put it on. I'd just done his wedding last year. I'm sure his measurements didn't change, but I didn't want to take the risk. So thank God I have a good working relationship with a lot of the other owners in the state. I made a phone call. Do you have this, this, and this in stock? Absolutely. Put a sign on the door. Be back in an hour. Drove down. Picked it up. Came back. Customer came in. Fitted him out. Perfect right out the bat. Off the door he went. And he didn't have to worry about it anymore. Absolutely. So, 
you know, it's like I said, it's about building relationships. And going back on what you said, Andrew, if you were that customer today, now Jeff has obviously marketing and other, you know, processes in place where you would have found mm-hmm. Tuxedo then if it was modern day. Right, yeah. exactly. You know? And that's a big thing that I do for, for a lot of our clients. I go into my, you know, phone because that's how I look for anything realistically. I'm not whipping out a laptop to find a Tuxedo Who, who does? I don't. I'm whipping out my iPhone. I'll go in, I'll manually through the settings, clear all of my caching data, everything it's ever saved about me, any information that I can clear out of my phone. So it's not like I'm typing in Tuxedo Den because I built the website and I've been to the website a million times and I'll type in Tuxedo Shop or I'll type in, you know, painting services near me or I'll type in whatever and I'll just see, you know, would I have found him and uh, I can confirm that I would have. She's being a good girl today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she had a busy day. We had a lot of clients today and thank you guys for that. Um, so she had a she had a couple kids that were in. She loved she adores children, and uh, it's always so funny. They come in and they're always afraid of her because she's bigger than they are. Until they get cookies to give her, then Uh-oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she she had a good day today. Absolutely. Um, so but, oh. yeah. So no, but yeah, Andrew. It's it's thanks to you and and Billy and everybody else on the team that spent the time to help fix all these keywords. I know you told me to be patient, and <laughs> I tried to be patient. Right. And unfortunately, being patient back in the beginning of this nightmare of 2020 um it just became almost impossible to do your jobs because i don't think any of us really knew what was going on until the middle of february that this was causing my problems i'm like guys i'm usually a lot busier than this right now why is there nobody coming in the store and it's like almost march right like i should be flooded with prom kids and i've seen two like what's going on and you know now that at least you guys had at least a head start on my program and I'm hoping that now, carrying forward since July, you have a better aim on this because I am noticing a difference. I am noticing more clients coming in my door. Uh, as a matter of fact, today, usually Fridays are traditionally very slow. I was like, maybe I'll shoot home a little early, leave the dog at home. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a call early morning saying, oh, I want to come in around 4. Is that okay? Absolutely. I don't mind staying a little later for you. That's when I text you. Is it okay yeah, yeah. for me to bring the dog? Because I was like, uh, one of our friends can puppy sit if I had to. But um, And then it turned out the rest of my day was full. I had walk-ins, a repeat customer from last uh, last fall. They, they, you know, He's going to a wedding. Needed something last minute, which was great. I had another gentleman walked in right toward before my 4 o'clock. He's getting married in August of next year. He's trying to get some ideas Here's an example. He's looking for something unique and different. Now, you guys have been in the store enough to know, and you've seen enough of the photos. Then I carry a lot of unique stuff. Right. I, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not the end-all, be-all, believe me. But I try to carry enough unique items where if you're looking for something a little different, I can get my hands on it. And he wanted a paisley ivory jacket with black lapels. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I can do this. Uh, but the company he wanted it from, I said, well, can't you just buy it direct from them? He said, well, unfortunately they don't have any left and they're the actual manufacturer the site he was on i deal with them direct as well and they said we don't know when we're getting it in problem is right now with china stuff isn't flowing as quickly as it used to and a lot of our industry right now is not placing orders like they used to so normally their spring order to get in for mid to late august never arrived because they never placed it right. Right. Uh, but thankfully I went online to one of my other vendors looked up sure enough they had what they needed made a phone call and I could get him exactly what he wanted for his wedding and he said great I'll be back I said let me know and it was just something as simple as that that he walked in at least 
I don't know when you went in for yours, but he had a photo which helped me out tremendously. Mm-hmm. Pinterest has been a double-edged sword for us. It's been a positive and a negative because some of the stuff on there is so couture and so bespoke that I, I can't even get close. Right. Um, <laughs> and some of the stuff I look at, I'm looking at, I'm going, yeah, that's an $1,800 suit. I don't want to say that to them. Let me see what I can come up with that I can get you close that's not going to break the bank. Um, but it was nice that he walked in. I was able to find it within 10 minutes and be able to tell him, yes, we can do this for you for your wedding. Right. And the ideas that his fiance had um, were a little, I think, personally was a little bland. He agreed. He said, I really didn't want to do just black suits. I think it's a wedding. You should wear something a little more formal. And he showed me, the, he gave me the idea of the dress and I gave him a few ideas. And he was like, I would have never thought about that, but I really like that look. And I said, great, you have her come in. You let me work her, work on her a little bit. I'll soften her up. And I said, if she doesn't like my ideas, I will still make work whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And I will make it look fantastic. But if you're going to wear black to a wedding, make it a tuxedo. It, it's just me personally. I'm a little old school. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit more of a purist. And I get that. And he said, I will definitely drag her butt down here. <laughs> I said, I'll get some samples in if we need be, but we'll get you all dressed. We'll get it squared away. But let me let me help walk you through a process because I don't want your wedding to just be, this is nice. I want it to be fantastic. Right. And it in simple, classic, and elegant, you can't go wrong with a basic black tux ever. That's why James Bond has looked good for 65 <laughs> years because he always wears the same black tuxedo or the white dinner jacket, and it's the same exact style right. over and over and over again. And he's been wearing the same damn thing since the 50s. Right. So you can't go wrong. Absolutely. So, you know, there's my my take on that. So, Ted, before we get to the story and lesson of the week and and things off, do you want to give your take on how things are looking for the rest of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 when it comes to the pandemic and, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel? Is that going to continue to get brighter and bigger? Oh. Sure. Yeah. Well, I I think I can safely say that none of us are really uh, Nostradamus here, but um, (laughs) I have high hopes for the rest of the year. Um, I think things are really starting to turn around for small businesses. Um, And like we mentioned earlier, I think the business is really starting to pick up again. Now that we are in the thick of COVID and we're used to the guidelines and we're used to these new these new ways of doing things, I think that we're going to start to get better and more efficient at them. So, you know, there's there's things that every small business can do. Um, I think Jeff is doing a great job with Tuxton. I think he has a lot to look forward to in, in the rest of 2020 and especially 2021. But um, I think that we'll just have to continue, um, you know, in the way in the way we're doing things and get better and more efficient at them. Um, one thing I did want to add was, um, you know, back, going back to the resources, Matt, that um, that you talked about. There are many, many things that different companies are doing. Um, with digital marketing, you know, um, Google Google had issued coupons just like um, just like the Fed had issued stimulus checks. Right. Google had issued uh, ad coupons, and Facebook, uh, I know, forgave a lot of a lot of um, uh, ad ad expenditures. So there's things that you can do. Um, I think every business should should update and amend their their Google My Business page um, to show new hours or new ways of doing things. Um, 
so I think that there's there's a lot to look forward to. Yes. Oh, uh, one <clears throat> one thought on that, Ted, mentioning about Google. I think I even mentioned it to you guys. I wished Google and Yelp mm-hmm. would have on their site for their COVID hours by appointment only. And I actually went on and found their page about help submitting. Turns out I'm not the only one. This ticket has been submitted. It's been right. submitted into Google, and they are knowing that because even myself, I'm noticing that a lot of my clients, and I'm sure everyone out there is the same thing, clients are still a little pensive, and they would like that appointment-only concept, so they have that social distancing. And I really do hope, and Google, I hope you're listening, please <laughs> set that up, even if it's just a temporary thing for the next few months, because it would be a big help, because there are days that I'm open, but I just don't want to take a walk-in when I know I'm going to have weddings all day, and I would prefer to be by appointment-only, because my weddings alone on the weekends, I'm usually booked solid, but I want to be book solid so I can space people out. Mm-hmm. So Google, if you're listening, please put apply by appointment only on this day because <laughs> it would be listening. a big help. Or <laughs> by appointment between the hours of X and Y, something. <laughs> that would be pretty cool if Google was listening. Mm. <laughs> well, they are listening everywhere. Isn't that right, Ted? <laughs> Alexa? <That's> right. What? <laughs> <laughs> Siri, Alexa, Google. Yeah. So anyways, Jeff, at the end of each episode um, – you know, we give the opportunity for someone to give like a story or lesson of the week. And we'll start with if Ted or Andrew has one. If they do, then I'll kind of give you time to think about one if you do have something that you want to share. It doesn't have to be from the past week, nope. but, you know, just a story that, I already have that you'd one, like to so share. Yeah, Andrew, Ted, you guys want to go first? Um, I don't have a story, but I'd, I'd rather have like a lesson. I think that the lesson we can glean from this episode is that uh, we have to be agile. We have to learn how to adapt, um, you know businesses are going to fall they're going to falter they're going to crumble some of many many are going out of business and it's a shame but um you know when when the cards fall there will be businesses that rise up out of the ashes um i think that uh tuxedo den you know with with the uh with this with the stories and and allegories that you told about your business succeeding i think that you're one of the ones that have begun to rise up out of the ashes but i think that what we can all learn is to adapt. Um, there's a new way of doing things. There's a new way of doing business, and it's not going away anytime soon. This is this is the new reality, um, and I think that you know as we get more efficient at it, um, we'll start to see you know new businesses, new successes uh, c- come up and rise to the top. Absolutely, Jeff. Or do you have one? Or are you? Um, yeah, I was going to go very quickly. Mine's a little bit different. Um, in my hands here, you can't hear it, but you can see it if you're on the screen. I have a Sony A6300. This is actually the first camera, not this specific one, but this exact model that Everyday Espo had ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked one up Years recently, uh, used for $450 from a photographer in Delaware. Um, and it's a great little camera. I'm very happy with it. And it's so funny because I remember using it you know, two years ago, and it was this crazy advanced, you know, concept in it. I remember, like, reading all the tech manuals and all the everything and trying to get the best image out of it that I could before we moved on to, you know, the nicer stuff. Um, And it's super, like, little nostalgic thing. It's a fantastic little camera. If anyone's looking at a camera or wants to purchase a camera that will outshoot an iPhone, right? Because you can buy a camera for 200 bucks or $100, but it realistically won't be better than an iPhone because everybody's got an iPhone and they are really good nowadays. I think this is probably your best option. $450, $500, you can find these things 
throw a lens on it, you can find a manual lens that'll be sharp for like $100 on Amazon. And if you want an auto lens, it's gonna be maybe $200. Um, and yeah, just learn to use it. I've been taking pictures of it recently. It takes great pictures. I surprise myself every time I take a picture. Um, but obviously I compare it to how it used to be when I remember it and we've gotten a lot better since then. So that's my little story. It's a little bit irrelevant, but I'm really happy about it. So hopefully you guys <laughs> He's will be, like a uh, little kid at Christmas with a new toy. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> Well, my my little lesson here is very simple. And this is something that <clears throat> I've I've seen a something similar to this on one of the Facebook pages and it was something that was very relevant. Everyone that's out there today and I know American Express supports this and they, they promote it a couple times a year, you know, buy small, buy, go to a small business, support your local small business. And this is something that for years and years and years, small businesses like mine supported the local high schools, the baseball team, the wrestling team, the football team with ads and posters and everything else that they had. This is now the time for all those moms and dads and kids out there, when these small businesses were there supporting you when you guys needed it, we now need you. Right. It, don't, it doesn't take much. You don't need to break the bank to help a small business. Um, if your kids are into hobbies, go to a local hobby store. Right now they are probably hurting for every penny that comes in the door. I've done this. I, I, I'm into model trains. I would go to a local model train store. Even if I don't need something, I'll go in and I'll buy a $10 item or a $20 item. If they had 10 customers in one day that spent $10 or $20, that's at least a $200 day for them. Right. And it's better than nothing. Right. And it sounds kind of small if you're even in a store or a small little store. If you can see a little trinket or odd and end that you might even be able to give as a gift. Just pick it up for that just the sake of that <laughs> small business owner yeah. and um you know it will definitely help them out and just remember we've been here for decades supporting your little leagues and everything else just remember us when it comes time for prom season and everything else that you know we're all struggling we're all in this hurt together we're all in the fight together and you know we need to help each other out even if it's in little ways just as you know going to the local brewery and grabbing a beer at the local brewery because a lot of them have been hurting as well because mm -hmm. restaurants aren't open. I mean, Absolutely. think about the horror of how many kegs of beer went bad. And <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, the <laughs> horror Ted, of it now all. Now Ted's going to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, the horror of it all. And, and I love our couple little local breweries, and, and we, we made it our little Thursday night little thing to go out and just have one beer that, you know, money's been tight. I won't deny it. But even if we have that extra $20 to go out and get one beer for each of us, we bring the puppy out. It's a nice night out. Even if it's just for half an hour, it's a change of scenery. And I know I'm helping support that local that local business. Absolutely. And that's a small way you can start. Absolutely. And, so, Ted, and Ted, just so you... Uh, you're probably wondering what we were laughing at. Joe over here is was trying to maneuver behind the camera without without yeah, it's a really tight it. maneuver. He's so doing a great easy. job, but uh, he's doing his best <laughs> mission had, impossible yes. through the laser beams. It's, we had a, it's a quite comical. A gymnastics session going on here. <laughs> so, anyways, right. to end things off. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add real quick before yeah. you continue. A lot of things too, and I think about this all the time. Uh, say somebody cleans shoes, right? They've got a small business and they clean shoes. You got to understand, in today's day and age of consumerism and corporate markets, I can get a shoe for forty dollars. I can get some. I, I, a decent pair of shoes. $60 is standard. Like virtually every shoe is yeah. $60 unless you're into like high-end shoes. You know, how good does somebody have to be for me to pay them $30 for them to clean a shoe? They are probably fantastic because for them to have survived, they have to be. 
you know? I and agree. it's the same thing yeah. here with tuxedo shops. A tuxedo shop is just realistically, from just a consumerism standpoint, cannot compete with men's warehouse or a massive, you know, um, you know, industrious, you know, giant. They just can't. They are so good just for the quality of service that they offer and the product that they offer, that they are still alive in today's day and age. So, you know, keep that in mind too. Like he said, shop small business and keep in mind that oftentimes small business will be better. You know what I mean? Because again, to stay around, they've got to be fantastic. They don't have any other choice. You know, if a men's warehouse, for example, has an, you know, a store or another tuxedo shop has a store that isn't doing too well, maybe they haven't got the best, you know, customer service, maybe they'll close that store. Maybe they'll fire the one or two employees, you know, whatever. If Jeff, who's been around for all these years, had a year of really horrible customer service, he'd be gone. There just wouldn't be any other possibility. So, you know, always keep that in mind. People kind of associate small business with like, oh, it's this little kind of like, you know, brick and mortar, nook and cranny little thing. You know, I'm not going to get the the highest quality product. You will. You really will for a lot of these things. If there's a business that's been around for 20 years and the same owner is on the premises, he's got to be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. He's probably really, really good. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to give you guys a sneak peek for next week's episode, as stated before, we're going to have the Barter, Barter Saves team on. Um, and they're going to talk all about what Barter Saves is, and we're going to talk about Barter in general, um, which we're going to have our first Everyday Biz segment, so we'll see how that goes. And a couple shout-outs before we end, too. First off, uh, to Uncle Vinny, listening from Florida. Second off, to the amazing A Shared Universe team, Ming and Mike. They run a great podcast studio over here, and I know, Jeff, even you came in, you were like, oh, you know, great environment to be in. Yeah, you know, this is thought, a cool place. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and lastly, Jeff, thanks for you to coming on. You know, have me anytime. This absolutely. was fun. And um, of course, we'll have you on again. And uh, absolutely, we just wanted to thank you also. You know, we've been so grateful to be able to assist in your marketing efforts, and you run an amazing business. And we've been very grateful to get to know you. You know, as a person, we always genuinely well, enjoy coming to the shop and talking, even if it's you know not about business. So yeah, Andrew even says all the times, not that we're biased, but we always he always says, "Oh, just my favorite, just my favorite absolutely client." So. Yeah, well, and it was guys. funny even when we first met him with uh, with Billy at the time. Uh, you know, we talked to him, and I remember I called him about the website, and I was, like, going down my website sheet, and at some point he was like, listen, you're the professional. Like, I'm going <laughs> to trust you with what you make. Yeah. And I was just blown away that anybody could ever suggest, I you know, something that. like that. And I was like, wow. And he's this like, is, what? Huh? This is the perfect what? client. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, this is what you do. I, I, You're the professional. Right. It's the, when you come in, don't tell me how to do tuxedos. I, 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 exactly. I've had over time where I've had a couple, you know, brides. Well, maybe we should have it sent. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> I have this. I have a system. It does work. Absolutely. Let me get through it. Yeah. And that's the same theory I have with you guys. I trust that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Period. And if you don't know what you're doing, then it doesn't work, and I won't keep paying you. It's that simple. <laughs> exactly. So Absolutely. your concept holds very true. That if a business has been around, you know, more than a few years, then they obviously have been doing something right well enough that they're there. Absolutely. Use them. Same thing with you guys. It's not like you started up last december when i signed up you've obviously been around long enough to at least get an establishment you've got a good team Mm -hmm. and i relied on that and i got a great website out of it so (laughs) (laughs) now before we end the episode jeff how can everyone get in contact with you or if they want to learn more about tuxedo den well if you want to learn more about tuxedo den i tell everybody go to my great amazing website at tuxden.com it's nice and easy that's t-u-x-d-e-n.com uh you can also find us on facebook although i don't know off the top of my head what that tagline is it is okay um but you can find us there or you can just simply give me a phone call 732-414-1282 if i don't answer leave me a voicemail i may not call back immediately because i'm usually attending other things i'm a one-band band there right now but i will get back to you i promise 
Or he may be busy at the wine bar. But either way, he'll hey, get hey, back hey, to hey, you. Hey. <laughs> All right, everyone, and uh, feel free to check out our own website for the podcast. That's Everyday Podcast at Biz. That's B-I-Z at the end. And also follow us on social media on Facebook at Everyday Podcast FB and also on Instagram on Everyday Podcast IG. And also a big shout-out to, uh, to Ted for coming on this episode, too. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> All right, everyone, we'll see, you, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.